This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri. We have Matt O'Rourke and Tom Prince from WNY Athletics here. Yeah, the troublemakers here as well. Roger Weiss, yeah, we got to say hello to him. Derek Kramer is producing. Look at Roger giving that look. He knows he's a troublemaker. Morning, guys. How you doing? Morning, Tony. Morning, Tony. How you doing? I'm tired today. I don't know what it is. Uh, couldn't sleep last night. Maybe it was Samantha who didn't want to go to bed. She was up late. Or I'm just wound up being in, you know, we finally got a game in in, in baseball this week. <laughs> or I was going to say is, could you be a little lethargic because of the weather again that we're about to get some rain? <laughs> oh, yeah, worried about not being, I can't cut the grass, son of a gun. I, Good Raj, morning, Anthony. Good morning, DK. I'm, a, I, I'm like crazy about having my grass cut. It drives me nuts when it's long. I, To me, uh, there's nothing better on a Saturday, uh, you know, admiring my work after I'm done, <laughs> you know, sitting on my patio under the umbrella. I like that. That's that. That's comfort to me, and I, I've gotten to the backyard once. Uh, luckily, I've been able to do my front yard a couple of times, and and that looks okay. So at least when you drive by, my house doesn't look like a dump. But if you look at my backyard, it's it's turning into a forest. I'm gonna get a machete so I can cut my way to the backyard. But yeah, as I said, I'm excited. We finally got to play a game of baseball, and I'd like to thank uh, the folks at Lewiston Little League for their hospitality uh, this past Wednesday. You guys are fantastic. Your facilities are off the hook. Oh, I, I mean, manicured Little League baseball dime is f- absolutely fantastic. Uh, enjoyed the conversations with the uh, Indians coach. and What a weird game, Tom. You've been following uh, Little League baseball forever and ever, and I've never seen this happen before. But we had three pitchers combined for a no-hitter. Uh, I think two walks was about it. No runs scored. Uh, we win eight to nothing, but we only mustered two hits. And by the way, uh, Ty, uh, Dominic, and Anthony, great job on the mound. Dominic uh, gave us our two hits, but uh, if it wasn't for stealing bases, <laughs> it would have been a zero-zero game. Yeah, walks, walks, errors, steal bait, the whole thing. It happens. I mean, we've seen those games before. It sometimes is. Um, you know, you get a wild pitcher that's on there, and you didn't hit the ball, but you were effective as far as how you ran the bases, how you did other things outside of actually swinging the bat. I mean, our kids would have stole a concession stand if that would have been possible. <laughs> that's how much they were able to steal. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and these are the type of games where the kids learn. and. Uh, so they had fun, and, and the, it looked like the Lewiston kids had fun as well. Good group of kids, and like I said, a real nice organization. So even if they have a no-hitter going, they uh, yank the pitcher, are they on a pitch yes, count Yes, they too? are on a pitch count. In fact, we have to report 
the uh, pitches by each pitcher uh, to the league after every game. So just so, you, just and so is there you control the number of warm up pitches? Yes. Yeah. Warm up Stick, pitches and yes. stickler on warm up pitches. Okay. Okay. Because we have a guy that he—that's he, what he does. He monitors. There is a. Every there is a the, usually it's it's eight to nine pitches before anybody. But when you're talking, when you say no, warm I'm up pitches, pre-game you're talking up. pre. No, there's no. There's no. You're there's not. There's no count. Those. But we keep an eye. We don't let. Uh, we did not let him. Our pitchers throw a lot. Well, that, that, that just adds to my argument about the high school pitch count in there. You know, that was part of our discussion while we were talking about warming them up, and right. you know. But let's not go down that road again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm beating a dead horse. I'll try my best not to bring it up anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. But you know, it's good for the safety of the kids. And oh know, yeah, no, no, if, no. If, if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. So what we do is we, you know, and, and most teams will. They'll, you know, we play a six inning game. So you divide uh, two innings per pitcher is usually where you're at. I mean, in, in the South Towns League that uh, most people know that I run is I don't do a pitch count. I do an inning uh, limit is what I do. So it's usually two to three innings max per age group, depending on what the age group is, is the max that they can go. So And that's really how I cut down the amount of pitches that there are. But we've heard in the past uh, – pitchers going 170 180 pitches we've that's heard it before in the past and that's the reason why this pitch count came into came into effect and what you can know is where did these pitch counts come from and start from is little league little leagues were the first one to come out with days rest and exact pitch counts and it almost followed suit to what new york uh state did to what little league baseball had already put into wow. place I mean, they you know they deviated a little bit, but they were pretty dang close to what to what it is in Little League Baseball. I still like what Bob Lemon, former Yankee manager, and uh, before that a Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cleveland Indians in the late 40s and early 50s, he says he feels so fortunate that he was born before they invented rotator cuffs. <laughs> That's funny. I don't think Bob Lemon and some of them were ever on a pitch count. That's true. All right, let's get into uh, news and notes, guys. Who wants to kick off? I'll kick it off. Um, we've already got some changes coming to the to the championship games this weekend. Um, Robert Perry has told us, the Section 6 baseball chairman, that the games down at uh, JCC down in the southern tier, they have impending storms coming in this afternoon so that the 3 p.m. Class C game has officially been moved to Sunday. The Class D game is at noon today. They have crews currently there trying to work on the fields to get them off. Um, if it happens, they're going to try to get that off as you know, right at noon to be able to get in before those storms come in. Otherwise, we could be talking about that changing also. But as of right now, the Class D is going to try at noon. And then AA, A, and B are on as scheduled right now at Canisius. For a 12, 3, and 6 p.m. starts, again, pending any of the storms that we're talking about coming in. I checked the forecast this morning, and on my phone it gives you a, a you know, roughly when. It's, we're looking at about a, a 40 to 50% chance of rain right around 2 o'clock. Uh, so I think 2 to 
uh, six or two to five right in that window you're looking. Then after after that, the percentage drops right off. So if you don't get wet, you can sit home and have your bonfire tonight. Yeah. Well, uh, the good news is that Kinesis College is turf. So if right. they have to postpone an hour or whatever it may be, they should still be able to pull things off. If it's a light rain, will they continue to play? I know lightning is the ultimate yeah. You know, hey, if there's lightning, you're done. You're not. You're you're, you're waiting. Well, lightning means a half hour delay right. from the last strike is what it means. So uh, they'll keep postponing it until the last strike. The problem is, how long do you want kids standing there? How long do you you know do we keep postponing to make sure all the games happen? I do believe I won't be surprised we see something get pushed to tomorrow. But again, tomorrow we're hearing Tomorrow's the same type weather's of thing. Not the we're hearing the either. same exact thing. So right. who knows where we're at? But Listen, it's been exactly what we've been dealing with all year. Give a ton of credit to Robert Perry and his staff, what they've done to be able to move games around, get them on different turf circuits, uh, um, different turf fields all throughout Western New York to be able to get all the games in that we've had and still be on time for these championships. It's been amazing. Give them a lot of credit. Well, look, at they had to move games well, from Gowanda to Niagara Falls. Oh, it's just a little bit of difference there in travel. Well, there was a reason for that one. Okay, Was it because Gowanda was uh, still alive? That's it. So, okay. so Tim Smith is the coach of Gowanda. Does a phenomenal job with those Gowanda fields down there. Tim, Sw- Tim Smith's Gowanda team was going to be playing at Depew, which meant that the guy that who knows those fields phenomenally and would help run that site down at Gowanda wasn't going to be there. So then that's the reason for the shift from Gowanda to Niagara Falls. And it also helped the fact that you had a Medina-slash-Albion game going on at the same time. But the other one was going to be Lakeshore-Iroquois, which we are going to talk about. Boy, what a game that was. Oh, yeah. Um, that would, would got shifted out to... Niagara Falls also. Which is an unbelievable facility. If you've not had the chance to watch a game, it's a great place to uh, watch. But here's a uh, tip for you. If you're going to a game... Don't park near the backstop. <laughs> if you don't want to get hit, your car to get hit with a, a foul ball. Saw a or couple if you of them do back nailed. up, don't have the windshield facing the diamond. Yeah. Back in <laughs> the park is fun. Too. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt, you said you had something for news and notes? Yeah, I got a, uh, a couple of quick things for you, Tony. Um, uh, you know I like to touch on rugby when I come in here. So uh, Love uh, rugby. Yep, today the Kenmore boys and the City Honors girls are back in Binghamton in the Rugby New York, New York State semifinals. So, uh, yeah, two great programs there, so shout-out to them. Good luck to Kenmore boys and City Honors girls. And, by um, the way, if you want to find out results of that, Cal Phillips does a great job in posting yeah. on our Inside High School Sports Facebook page. Yep. So you can find uh, uh, keep track of the Cal's all over. He's got a son who's playing and also right. a daughter who plays for the Kenmore team. So right. good luck to them. Um, also touching on rugby, I don't know if you guys know, but Orchard Park graduate and Dartmouth freshman Emily Henrich was named the most outstanding women's college rugby player in the entire country this for this past season in her freshman year. So Whoa. Yeah, so shout out to Orchard Park and, and her mother and coach Lisa Henrich, who I got an opportunity to meet last spring. They have a great program, so I just wanted to mention that in case anybody hadn't caught up with that yet. So that's a great accomplishment. So congrats to, to Emily. Um, today the third annual Nickel City Duels. Yes, wrestling is back. It's June first and the wrestling season isn't long enough apparently, so it starts again today. Um, the Nickel City Duels put on by the Western New York Wrestling Coaches Association and you know their chairman, Lockport, former head coach, Joe Scapoletti, who we mm-hmm. know. Uh, they do a really good job of putting on this great tournament. P- teams from all across uh, the state of New York and some teams come up from Ohio and Pennsylvania and usually compete in this. It's a really great tournament. 
a lot of clubs, a lot of high level wrestlers that are graduating seniors and ones that will, you know, that are still in high school. So it's a really great day. I'm going to go down there after this and check it out. And then, uh, and then of course the DePaulo family is very generous and, and, you know, help support that as well. And then of course the, um, today's, uh, we'll, we'll touch on lacrosse, but boys lacrosse going on the regionals in, in Rochester is St. John Fisher and the girls regionals at Williamsville North. So all right, we'll yep. get to that in a little bit. Uh, shout out to Kendall Mariocker and the Iroquois track team. Doing good things there, Kendall, if you have had a chance to follow. Phenomenal track athlete for Iroquois. Uh, Raj, before I give out our coach of the week, do you have anything to add to news and notes? I have one I have to bring in. Uh, it's about a contemporary of mine. Uh, Fred Gordon's his name. He's from Bennett High School. He graduated from Bennett a year after I graduated from Kensington. He is being inducted into the uh, Western New York Runners Hall of Fame. Uh, I got the two stories about him. This will blow you away. Uh, he missed a cro- he missed the bus to go to a cross country meet uh, when he was in high school, so he ran from Bennett to Delaware Park, won the cross country race. Anyway, okay. Oh, this again. Oh, you think that's something? That's nothing compared. Are you ready for this? He uh, was involved in a, what, 20K, 12.4 miles, whatever that is, at uh, Chestnut Ridge. He lived in Buffalo. For his warm-up, he ran to Chestnut Ridge Park. Bearing in mind, that's 14 miles, roughly. uh, Finished second in the uh, 20K run, and then ran back. Are you serious? Yeah. That's That's amazing. That's a half a marathon going Running the 20K and a half a marathon going home. I can't even drive that. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, with your vehicles breaking I'd, down. I'd have to stop for for a chili yeah, dog or be, something. Yeah, and <laughs> fill up for gas at least once, right? Yeah, anyway. Wow. And he was a great guy. He was a, a contemporary of a friend of mine, the late Eddie Gilbert, who uh, ran for Kensington when Fred ran for uh, Bennett and all that. And this guy was dedicated. He had his completed. His best time for a marathon was under... Two and a half hours, so he just probably just missed qualifying for the Olympic trials. Mm, amazing. Am- absolutely amazing. All right, now it's time for our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week. We do this each and every week. We only have a few weeks left. Uh, we'll take a break for the summer, and then we'll uh, kick this back off. In the fall, if you'd like to nominate a coach, go to LifeFit.com for the G&G Fitness Coach of the Week. And this week's winner is John Haynes of Kenmore West Baseball. Uh, Congratulations, uh, 100 career wins, and first ever sectional title. So well-deserved to uh, John Haynes of Kenmore West Blue Devils Baseball Program. And speaking of baseball, Tom... Man, this is a fun time, and we have to start off with uh, the Iroquois uh, Lakeshore game. And you've been talking about uh, was it Jake Lockwood all year. Nate, Nate, Nate Lockwood. Nate Lockwood, I'm sorry. All year long, and he doesn't disappoint. But I was equally, or if not more, impressed with Iroquois' pitcher. Billy Quinn. Billy Quinn at the point, I know, the going into the sixth inning had 10 strikeouts going into that game. He was throwing heat. For those of you who don't know, Iroquois uh, ends up defeating Lakeshore in a one nothing duel. Um, again, it's probably the fastest baseball game I had ever seen. Again, let's go back to what I've been saying all year. It's the year of the pitcher proved again. Yeah, right? you weren't kidding. Um, it just shows, first of all, 
Iroquois is very deep on the mound. Billy Quinn proved it. Nick Parch is another one that is uh, going to be big on the mound for Iroquois. Uh, Bowen is another one for Iroquois that has pitched well. Tok uh, talked to coach over there. He feels he's got a deep pitching staff, which can make a run right here. This is going to be a great matchup coming up. Iroquois, Ken West. Um, I would assume we're going to probably see Nick Parch, but uh, again, I know he's pitched a lot also, so I'm not sure exactly who we'll see. But coach feels he's deep enough that he's got the pitching staff to be able to compete with anybody in Western New York. And then look at what Ken West has done. They have not disappointed. I'll tell you the other night, Dom Schmidt on the mound absolutely commanded not only the mound, commanded his team, leadership, everything. What he was doing was unbelievable to witness what he was doing on the mound. I want to go back to the Iroquois Lakeshore game just to point out uh, shortstop for Lakeshore made one of the most amazing plays I have ever seen. Line drive, I mean hit hard. He got level with the ground, stretched out his glove, and, and uh, snagged it out of midair. It was the most incredible catch. So shout out to him for an unbelievably athletic play, uh, showing great range. At short. Zach Evans is over yeah. at shortstop for uh, for them. Um, he actually had a fantastic game, also in the semifinals, to get them there versus Starpoint with a three hit game in in uh, the Starpoint game to help get them to the Iroquois game. Um, I also got a chance to witness him at shortstop. Definitely uh, very smooth. Deserves to be there. You know, Nate Lockwood was a kid who also played shortstop, too, for the team. He was now playing right field. It shows exactly how good Zach Evans is, how he's earned that spot and sure. taken that spot over. So. And only a junior, too, uh, Zach uh, mm -hmm. Evans. Uh, and believe it or not, his sister Darian has just recently graduated from uh, Uville College playing softball and basketball there. Can't believe those four years go by so fast, and Zach is already a junior. Wow. Yeah, it, it goes by really quick. I mean, uh, you had up at Niagara Falls, you witnessed two absolute phenomenal games. So once you have a pitching duel there that comes out in uh, Nate, Lockwood, Nate Lockwood and Billy Quinn of Iroquois, then you turn around and get an Albion-Medina matchup where Albion jumps out to a 5-1 lead Let's bring him back up. Thomas Vermansky, who has now had two big pitching wins on the mound, takes his bat, hits a grand slam, <laughs> yep. gives them a 5-1 lead to start out, and it looks like Medina could be in trouble until Medina's bats get going. Fry, their shortstop, has an unbelievable game, gives Medina the lead. Once Medina gets the lead, Medina goes to their pitching ace, Trevor Luthart, and he comes in, lights out the rest Shut of the, the way, shuts the door, and out and and Medina goes on to the championship or the you know the crossover championship right. now, where we now get to see Medina Royhart part three. Whoa. <laughs> wow! And and I'm gonna tell you right now, if you aren't excited for that game, or you are not a Royhart kid, or you are not a Medina kid, I don't know what's gonna get you excited. But Medina's got two losses this year. Those two losses are to Roy Hart. Those two losses are to Charlie Brunning on the mound. 
And guess who we're going to see go to the mound? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Brunning. Right. I haven't been following baseball at all this season, but uh, I think you sold me, Tom. So I think I might go watch now. <laughs> you know, I mean, just an unbelievable matchup. You got two great pitchers going out there. Um, two great teams going at each other. That's going to be a phenomenal matchup. And, and I'm going to tell you, Ken West, Iroquois, another phenomenal oh, yeah. matchup. If you don't think that's going to be a great one, it is. Now, okay, and then we're going to go back. We still got more to come. All right, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more baseball with Tom Prince. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 5. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 50. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Calagiri. we got Matt O'Rourke and Tom Prince from WNY Athletics. Roger Weiss is in studio. We're talking baseball, but there is one thing I forgot to mention during news and notes, and uh, thanks to Brian Thomas for sending me this information, but uh, Kurt Fisher out at Chautauqua Lake. Don't know what happened there, but it uh, seems like one and done. Uh, we'll uh, keep our eye out on that story. I don't know, Roger, if you heard anything. Uh, I talked with uh, Ken Ricker last week at the golf tournament. I guess uh, it's more of a house cleaning thing because I believe the basketball coach was let go as well, if uh, I understood what Ken Ricker told me. So I don't know what exactly is going on there, but uh, I was aware that uh, – uh, Kurt was out uh, a couple weeks back when uh, Chautauqua Lake was up here playing softball because his daughter plays on a softball team, and uh, he gave me a heads up, but I uh, didn't want to, you know, be common knowledge yet, which mm-hmm. is why I didn't bring it up earlier. Okay. Well, best of luck to uh, Kurt Fisher. Hopefully, he lands on his feet somewhere. Uh, outstanding football coach. Uh, Tom, uh, we were talking baseball before the break and uh, some of the other matchups going on. Let's uh, let's get up to speed. All right, so we're at the double A now, where, where I was coming up to. You heard me say it all uh, all going into this week. Do not underestimate Jamestown. Right, I said it how many times? Right. Bryce Fisher, I'm Bryce Jackson comes out and throws an absolute gem against Lockport. Number eight Niagara Falls advances. Then you had the 4-5 matchup, which was Frontier versus Will North. Connor Eisenman for Frontier pitches an absolute gem. Frontier walks out with a 1-0 win. You now have a matchup, which is number 5, Frontier versus Jamestown to get to Canisius College for the championship. Jamestown goes out to the lead. Here comes uh, Frontier raring back. Matt D'Orlando with a great game pitch for Frontier. And then Brian Norson proves why he's one of the top in Western New York. Two home runs to take the lead for Frontier. Frontier advances to the championship. And you now have a number five seed playing the number three seed Clarence. 
Clarence goes through and literally has demolished it along their way with a huge win over Lancaster by 13 runs, then goes to play Orchard Park, beats Orchard Park 9-1. John White with a complete game. He literally went in with the same plan of attack. He beat Orchard Park earlier in the year, 6-0, comes back. His plan of attack was, I'm either going to throw you a curveball or I'm going to sit on the outside corner and throw you fastballs only on the outside corner. And it was effective for a 9-1 win. You now see Frontier versus Clarence in the championship. Watch out. You're going to see another pitching performance because Connor Eisman comes back for Frontier to pitch against the staff because Clarence has probably got three or four kids that can go that are literally legit top starters. It sounds like Clarence also has the bat. No doubt about it. I watched um, Ryan Colhane for Clarence against Orchard Park when we called the game. First, he hit one into the trees. Next, at bat, he comes up and literally hits the top of the fence for a stand-up double. Um, he was on fire against uh, against Orchard Park. Wow! <laughs> you know, so, so you know, and then we turn around and we've still got what's going on in Monsignor Martin, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got right now St. Joe's had the opportunity to play Timon, uh, where St. Joe's has advanced now to the championship. I don't think uh, any of us uh, did not expect that to happen. I think that that came to fruition. That should be exactly where it is. Look at some of the people that he's got over there. Sam Murphy having an MVP-type year. Will Carlone, which is one of the top players in Western New York. you got DeWillaby, who's on the mound for them. He's got up and down. He's got a huge team that can easily go out there and, and show why they're one of the dominant teams in Western New York. Now comes on the other flip side where we had we had St. Mary's go against Canisius, which to me was probably one of the premier matchups to come off the come out of the Monsignor Martin because it's two really good coach teams, two really evenly teams as far as I was concerned. Um, comes out of the gate 3-2 Canisius wins game 1. Um, and again you heard me talk about Brian Herman comes back, he gets to go I think just over 3 innings in that game. Uh, to be able to keep that a low-scoring affair. So Canisius walks out with game one. St. Mary's now has to win the next two to advance to the championship. St. Mary's then gets an 8-5 win over Canisius in game two. Then they go to game three, the final matchup. St. Mary's walks out with a 2-0 win by a pitcher who has only pitched one game all year Goes to get his start for his second game. Complete game shutout. O'Brien is the name for St. Mary's. Um, Unbelievable uh, what they've done. They've got a catcher over there, Nino, which is is one of the leading home run hitters in the area. He's been unbelievable on fire with his bat. Cole Laskowski over at second base is another one you want to watch out for over at St. Mary's. Um, Just unbelievable what we saw uh, for that team. For you to fight back in a one nothing and to be able to win in those two affairs, great job because you won in a hitting affair and then you came back and won it with your pitching. Great job by St. Mary's. We now have a St. Mary's-St. Joe's final matchup. And Adam Gorski from WNY Athletics just wrote a really nice story, which has just uh, been posted on the internet, recapping that game. So, yeah, congrats to St. Mary's. Sounds like it was a great game. Yeah, when yep. is the uh, the championship? And that's still at... Uh, at uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I Salins, believe. right? 
No. Yeah, yeah, over at, we, we called so many things Coca-Cola Field. Yeah, because I'm sitting here, wait, what's I'm the name now? We're calling it right now, but yeah. Sailor's here. Are they playing in Rochester? Why are they playing? They're playing the dog. I'm trying to think it's one of the, where the Bisons play, over there, right? The new rock pile. Yeah, there you go. So, and you know what I mean? That's it. We still have, like I said, some of the CDs that'll be playing on air, but we've got some great baseball and if you weren't excited for what we're about to see happen over, you know, today, and it looks like tomorrow because some of the games may push to tomorrow, you aren't a baseball fan because this <laughs> is where you want to be. Watch out! But I'm going to tell you, some kids have really stood up over over this past week. So give a lot of credit to Western New York baseball. Awesome. Roger, let's get going on softball here, buddy. Okay, uh, Tuesday downstate in New York, St. Mary's lost six to one in. Uh, State Catholic semifinal. Congratulations to Kevin and Missy and all the other people. Coach Rappel, who helps out at St. Mary's for another fine season. Slow start, but they came on like gangbusters. They got a great team, and they got a young team. They will be around for a year or two in the future. Okay, Section 6. Start with Class D. The uh, final will be... uh, at St. Bonaventure uh, Monday, and it will be Panama, the number one seed, versus the number three seed, North Collins. To me, that's a pickup game. North Collins has been there before. Uh, coaching and players are experienced. They had a slow start, but they came on strong at, at the end, as a young team would. They lost uh, quite a few seniors last year, yet they are still back. Class C. The defending New York State champion, Chautauqua Lake Lady T-Birds, have been dethroned. Portville beat them 8-2 to two in a game. Uh, I guess Portville was up 2-0. Chautauqua Lake comes back, ties the game, has momentum, and then there is a half hour or so rain delay. Oh, Took the... You know, win right out of the sails of Chautauqua Lake in the seventh inning, top of the seventh. Portville puts together six hits with three Chautauqua Lake errors. Mm. You know, you give a team four or five ounces in an inning, it's a recipe for disaster. Final congratulations to Olivia Anderson. If you remember her, we had her in studio last year after they won the state championship. Mm -hmm. Ended a fine career. Uh... At this stage of the game, there are no losers. There are only winners and runners-up. Uh, once again, Liv, if you're listening, congratulations. Look forward to seeing you play in the uh, Aunt Rosie tournaments coming up in June. Class B, uh, the crossover game will be Monday at 6 o'clock, and this will be at Will North, and it will be Eden versus Olean. Olean Won the A, uh, excuse me, the B1 championship, uh, defeating Luport. Eden wins the B2 championship, beating Fredonia. Little irony there, other than Luport, but uh, three teams coming from the south all the way up to Will East to play in the uh, championship games. Uh, Eden looks real good. Uh, they're getting most of their offensive production right now 
from the bottom half of the batting order. Fifth, sixth, and eighth are doing the job. So there's not an easy out in that lineup, and they have three pitchers. If two pitchers are having an off day, they can bring a third one in. So I really like Eden's chances. Olean is Olean. What can we say about Olean? But I think they have their hands full. They're, uh, the, to me, definite underdog in this game. Class A. What a surprise. Will East. What I'm I shocked. <laughs> 21 and 0, oh, I believe now. 21 and 0, 22 and 0. About the only uh, downside to that. I don't know if we're going into that situation. If I like a team being undefeated, to me that adds additional pressure. Although it might put pressure on the opponent too. You know, my God, 21 and 0. They might think they're already beat. But, uh, you know, they got the bullseye on their back. Yeah, and aren't they number one in the state? Number one in the state. And in my opinion, they should be number one in the state in all classes, not just class A. Right, 23-0, Roger. They're up to 23-0. Yeah, 23-0 oh. now, wow. Uh, yep. I yeah, mean, they're if, having a year. Yes. I mean, if Christy Mack's the sixth batter in their lineup, that's saying something. Uh, their uh, catcher is an eighth grader. <laughs> oh, come on. Man. <laughs> it gets better, Tony. She bats cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> Man, come on. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, so I would definitely think Iroquois defending section champions and state runners-up will have their hands full. They're uh, having all kinds of fun at Iroquois this time of year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody forgot to tell them that uh, Brittany Planca, the player of the year last year, uh, graduated. Yeah, baseball, softball, track. Yeah. I mean, come on. Olivia Ross Simon is, is yeah. filling her shoes quite well. And finally, in the A, it will be Orchard Park playing Will North. Because Will North cannot play a game on their home diamond, right. that game has to be moved to Will East. That will be 7 o'clock Monday at Will East. Uh, the other two games are also Monday, 4 and 6.30, I believe. Nice. Uh, to me, Will North and uh, Orchard Park, that's a pick em game. If OP brings their A game, they might be a slight favorite. But, Why doesn't anybody ever bring their double-A game? Why is it always just the A game? Because right. most coaches would be happy if they just bought the A game. Okay. It's the yeah. B and C <laughs> games that give the coaches gray hairs. Oh, excuse yeah. me. To me, it's like Play. Spinal Tap. We're going to turn yeah. this up to 11. That's right. Excuse everybody me. plays at 10, but we turn it up to 11. Why not 10? I, I, apologize. To <laughs> I apologize, Tony. I said gray hair. I meant platinum blonde. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good stuff, Roger, as always. Uh, Matt, a lot of lacrosse action going on. Uh, we're pretty deep into it now. Yep. In fact, uh, we're just about wrapping it up. Why don't you get us up to date to where we are? Well, we did Lex. wrap up the Section 6 play. with the champ. This was championship week for both boys and girls. Um, t- today is the start of the, uh, the regional rounds across the state. So our boys teams, like I mentioned before, are in Rochester at St. John Fisher College with the crossovers against the Section 5 winners. And the girls' teams are playing at Williamsville North uh, this afternoon. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a fun 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 night of action. Uh, of course, WNY Athletics, with, in conjunction with NFHS, was able to live stream all of it. We I, I think everybody did a pretty good job. I hope the production was good on the on the viewer end. Um, either way, uh, Orchard Park took back the crown in Class AA. Uh, had a great year. They they played uh, Lancaster. Um, they were pretty big winners in that game. Uh, looking for revenge after Lancaster took them down last year. So uh, Orchard Park ends the year in, in the section 13 and five. Andrew Roloski with six goals in that game was a star of that game for for the Quakers. So they're going to play Fairport today in section five. Uh, uh, Orchard Park fell to Fairport 12-3 earlier this season. So they're going to look to 
get some revenge in that game. Hamburg won their eighth straight Class B title. That's right, eight straight Class B titles for Not Hamburg. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Uh, their head coach, Jerry Severino, a great guy, has a great staff and a great program sure. down there. Um, it was their 12th overall. So, uh, yeah, Brock Schneider was the, was the star of that game for Hamburg. He had three goals. Brett Chido with two scores and uh, a couple other scores from two other players as well. And, of course, Willies, they, 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 they played – Williamsville East three times this year, just like Orchard Park and Lancaster. The first one wasn't as it was nine to two. The next one was an eight to eight score or an eight to eight game with forty seconds left until Hamburg scored to to get the win. That was at the the, the season finale a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So then they play in the final again, and, and Hamburg kind of took them down. Um, Williamsville East played really great. You know, we talked to Coach Greenway, who's also our sectional chairman for boys lacrosse. Two right, great. We pro- had him on the show earlier yep. um, earlier this year, and you know they had an outstanding season. They had a fantastic season, and and um, it was a, a a matchup that I was kind of hoping for. I guess you know two really great coaches and great well coached teams full of great athletes on. Uh, yeah, definitely a great game. So, congrats to Hamburg on you know the, another title defense in Class C. East Aurora won their first sectional title since two thousand and seven. So they ended the year sixteen and three. Right as of right now, of course, like I said, they're gonna they have a regional today. Mm-hmm. So they had one of the best pro, one of the best seasons in program history under head coach Scott Moore. Um, were regular season Class C champs, and then of course they won seven to five in the final over uh, an Amherst team that hadn't lost that had won ten straight games. Under coach, uh, longtime coach Stefan Hen, who of course got his 300th win. Right, a few and you look ago. at Amherst. You know right. they start off losing to Williamsville East on their own home, on right. their own turf, and they you're started there the wondering like, oh wow, what's 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 happening? To they Amherst? started the season zero and two, right, and then three and four before they didn't lose ten games in a row. So yeah, they yeah. just you talk about a team that just turned it around, right. and that's coaching. Now, I wonder what the difference was. You now you're going to mention, you know, Stefan Hen is one of the premier coaches in the area. Oh yeah. Uh, he won his 300th career win this year. Um, right. Is an absolute asset, I think, to Amherst and uh, the school district. I think they're lucky to have him not only as a phys ed teacher and a lacrosse coach, but also as a wrestling coach as well. And a uh, great guy. A great guy. I got to meet him uh, when, I, when I started getting involved in wrestling and somebody I really very you know have a lot of respect for. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, congrats to East Aurora. Uh, their goalie, Aiden Sheehan, was fantastic in that game. Um, and they have a, a core group of midfield, midfielders and attackmen that are just – you know, they started the first quarter of that game was slow, but everyone after that was was kind of leading. It was kind of in favor of East Aurora, so they come away with a seven to five win for their first section title since two thousand seven. Uh, they are playing Geneva today in the regional round in the crossover, and uh, and then finally Class D Eden um, dropped a tier this year, went to Class D from Class C. Uh, they win a huge game. They won fifteen to six over the top seeded Salamanca Warriors. Again, great coaching yep. at Eden yep. with uh, Coach Archibald. That's right. Uh, let's get back and let's finish up on lacrosse to the other side of the break. Uh, we still have more to talk about, including Monsignor Martin and uh, and St. Joe's. They played mm-hmm. uh, for a state uh, championship, yep. and so we'll get you up to date on that. Don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us at eleven. You're going to want to keep it locked right here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. We're back. You're listening to one last segment of Inside High School Sports and then Sports Talk Saturday at 11. 
uh, kind of wrapping up the uh, the playoffs. We only have a few more weeks left, and you know. Uh, we're done for the year. It's amazing. Firewatch Regionals next weekend. Well, I'm saying after after the uh, season ends, you know, when you're done with states and you're done with everything, proms are over. Mm -hmm. Then uh, next thing you know, we're playing Alice Cooper schools out Mm -hmm. to uh, signal the end of the school year. And And then Anthony's in football mode. Yeah, I'm already in football mode. I got to start getting in gear and getting uh, my defense ready (laughs) for this uh, upcoming season. I can't wait to get going. And I actually deal with prom tonight, so. Do you? (laughs) So, yes. Did you rent a limo? uh, You know, Jordan uh, will be going to the prom tonight, so. Did he uh, have to do one of those prom posals? He did. He actually did. I'm so against but, that but, stuff. But let me tell you something. He, he did it all baseball-oriented. Okay. He actually had a baseball bat, and it was all baseball. So If you could hit theme. my curveball, you get to go to the dance with me. Yeah, that's how it's going to work. Uh, we do have a uh, baseball yeah. correction. Uh, so I apologize. The Mont Senior Martin Finals will be held at Canisius College. Tuesday, the uh, June 4th at 5 o'clock is Game 1. Game two would be Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And if necessary, um, there will be a 7 p.m. game afterwards if necessary. Okay. So it could be possibly a doubleheader if they need a third game. Now, uh, whoever wins that goes on to the uh, Catholic uh, State Finals. Finals. Yep. And where will that be played? I don't know yet, so I'd have to find out where that one is. I don't have the, the destination. It'd be nice if it was here. Be able to, to go. Uh, they definitely also. I mean, it would be fantastic if it was. We'd love to be able to cover that game. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Matt. We're finishing up with a little cross talk here. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Okay. So uh, we we left off. I had mentioned Eden real quick. I just wanted to make sure that I know. You know, uh, their uh, their star of that game was Colby Sroda. Had a fantastic game. Six goals. Unstoppable at the faceoff. We were talking about before the show. You know, that faceoff in lacrosse. If you find a guy that can dominate. Anytime you put him out there is going to be is going to help you out, and sure enough, it helped the uh, Eden Raiders. He scored six goals and, and almost lost. I don't think he lost a single uh, faceoff against the Salamanca Warriors on Wednesday night. So Eden is going to play Penyan today. Penyan, defending state finalists, uh, <laughs> they, they won like a gazillion state titles. Yeah, Penyan took down Eden um, earlier this season by a pretty big margin. So you know, hopefully Eden can can use the fuel, the uh, uh, the momentum they earned this week in their sectional final. The sectional title win, and then of course um, we'll jump to Monsignor Martin. We all know St. Joe's had a fantastic season. They won the Monsignor Martin uh, regular season title, and of course the tournament title uh, over Canisius, sixteen to two. They had some absolute stars. Kellen Polera had three goals in that game. Also this season set broke the the single season or the the, the career scoring record, um, which of course is goals and assists for mm-hmm. the Marauders. So he's moving on to Marist. And uh, Trey Gahan had uh, had five goals in that game against Canisius. So wow. they ended up going to Iona Prep. Uh, downstate fell 11-8. to eight. Sounds like it was a really good game in the Catholic High School um, Athletic Association Championship. Uh, they finished the season 19-2 overall and 10-0 and in the league. So another great year for the Marauders. Hopefully, you know, in the future they can uh, – you know, get that that elusive Catholic school state championship, but a, a great season nonetheless for. I Coach thought for Fidecki. sure that they were destined this year to win it. I really yeah, did. They had a really uh, good. Without class. any information on how good uh, downstate was, I just mm-hmm. thought that the type of season that uh, Peter Hudecki's crew was having, I thought that this was going to be it. Right. You know, and you mentioned uh, about faceoffs, and we had a conversation before the show started. Uh, when we're looking at all the teams right now, <laughs> section six, and what St. Joe's did is uh, the fact that. 
the ability to win most of the faceoffs. Do all those teams share that in common? Um, yeah, for the most part. I mean, uh, let's talk about St. Joe's. A one of my athletes of the week this season was uh, Austin Holly, who was a, who was a faceoff specialist for the Marauders. Uh, he shows up to to you know enrolls and goes to St. Joe's this year. Was an absolute um, just a beast at the faceoff, and was I mean he the guy would win close to 85, 90% of his faceoffs this season, and was a it, you know was a big help in getting the Marauders to 19 wins this year. I mean, I, I don't think there's any arguing against that. I mean, Sroda from, from, from Eden channeled his, his inner TD Ireland. And if you, we, if you watch the NCAA division ones, you watched Yale mm-hmm. take down Penn state, their faceoff guy was just crushing Penn state. And it was the same thing on Wednesday night. It was the night. difference in that game. Yeah, You know, it, it's, I, I think it's, if you find, a, you know, everybody's got to, got to have a faceoff guy, but if you watch a game and you find that, a guy like Colby Sroda is winning every single faceoff, and not only are they scoring most of the time, but they're also taking the ball in that game out of the out of the the high-powered Warriors, Salamanca Warriors offense. They don't get any possessions in either, or at least they limit them to very few possessions. So that faceoff guy means everything in lacrosse, and I think it's just going to get more and more important and more and more specialized. I've seen it where there's you know one pass after the faceoff, and it's a goal. It, oh yeah, you know, it's a bing bing play, yep. and and you know you got one in the net, right. so it's very important. I think it was Stefan Hen that had told me it's it's probably the most important uh, uh, part of the lacrosse game. Yeah, if yeah, Anthony, I, I there was a game a few years ago at uh, Victor where they were playing uh, Pitt Menden, I believe, or no, well, I don't remember, but anyway, the one team had a four goal lead with just over a minute left, right. The team scores a goal. That team that had the four goal lead lost in overtime Ooh. because of the face off mm-hmm. proficiency of the other team. Yeah, it's very important. All right, guys, thank you very much for a fun show this morning. Uh, keep tuned in to uh, WGR. We've got uh, Sports Talk Saturday following us next week. More with the finals and as we keep on pressing towards summer. Thanks for listening to Inside High School Sports. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 